You're listening to Drek FM. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. We couldn't save it. We made you a new body. But your mind, your soul, your ghost, it's still in there. You are the first of your kind, Mira. Please, sedate her. Welcome, everyone, to the 602 Club. I am your host, Matthew Rushing, and I'm so excited, as I always am, to be here tonight. And uh, I have to say, my hosts are looking... Well, have you guys had some work done? I mean, I don't. Mike is is that is that a new eyepiece? Uh, yes, it's 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 an upgrade. It's enhanced, and um, I can shoot lasers out of it and stuff. Okay, I just I mean, mine I just see X-ray, but goodness, wow, lasers! That's incredible. And uh, is that a is that a new hand, Richard? <laughs> it is. It is. My uh, previous one wasn't doing so hot, so I needed something to you know. Do do new things with. <laughs> Everybody's like, "What the? I'm hell so is going bad on? at that." Everyone else on the network is like, "Let's do this clever bit," and every time someone throws it at me, I'm just like, "What the hell's going on?" I, I thought we were talking about a movie. I didn't know that we had to like you know act and stuff. <laughs> Oh, what a way to start the show! Well, we are going to talk about uh, the brand new release. They just came out last weekend, Ghosts in the Shell, and that's why we're being silly about talking about these enhancements. Definitely something we're going to dive into on the show because there's so much to dive into with with the film and, and the themes and what they're talking about. And it's if you've seen the original anime, you know that it gets deep. So before we deep dive into that stuff, uh, you see what I did there, guys? Deep dive. Uh, you'll find us in all the shows here on... Trek FM on iTunes at iTunes.com slash Trek FM, as well as all the other podcatchers we have out there. We are a featured provider. I have to say, it's been a while since the regular show, uh, the Radio 602 Club, has actually gotten uh, a new review, but we did, which was fantastic. I was just randomly checking the other day, and a great new review. Really want to say a huge uh, thank you to... Whoa! Guys, I'm looking right now. We've got more than one. We've got two new reviews. I didn't even I didn't even know this, but um, one of them you'll love. This comes from a wonderful reviewer here on iTunes called Fish Burp. Yeah, they, that, I love that name. That's got to be one of the best iTunes names I've ever seen. And they said wonderful five stars. And then uh, we got another review from nine. 1-8 Randy, and they said, great geek and variety and intro, five stars. And so I really appreciate it. Uh, I just want to thank you for your reviews. Really appreciate that. And so it means a lot to me that you would spend that time to do that. You could find us, uh, of course, we're not just there on iTunes, where people giving us reviews. We really appreciate it. Twitter, 
at Track FM, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Track FM. And of course, we have our listeners only discussion group, the Babel Conference, there on Facebook. Uh, if you want to find that, just search on Facebook under the title The Babel Conference. Or if you're on the website at Trek.fm, just click discussion on the menu bar. Gentlemen, uh, this is a movie that is based on an anime movie that has already been out for quite a long time. It's, it's, it's one of the most famous anime movies out there, but it's also a comic. Now, I have never read the comic, but I have seen the anime film quite a few times. And so uh, I wanted to kind of ask you guys to, to start off here. Kind of let's compare and contrast these two a little bit. And, and just uh, first, as we do that, kind of what did you expect going into this? What, what about you, Richard? Um, you know, honestly, it was I was expecting probably a little bit more than what I actually saw. And I guess we'll go into we'll go in, uh, into it in a little bit more depth later. When I watched the movie, it felt like it was a, a little bit total recallish and fifth element uh, is what I is what what I kept on thinking throughout the whole entire movie. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a good movie. Don't, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm a fan of the comic book as well as the uh, as well as the movie. Granted, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it, but um, I was expecting probably I was expecting more violence. To be quite honest, I mean that's what I really was expecting. What about you, Mike? You know, I I guess I had I had rather high expectations for this movie because I I am a fan of the original, and I just saw the original uh, about a month or two ago. They they released it theatrically. And I and I got to see it then, and um, it was it was a good refresher. And you know, one of the things that that struck me was how deep the the original is, you know, and how many um, really interesting sort of like philosophical ideas are are running through that. In addition to how amazing it looks, and then you see the trailer for the new one, and it's like, wow, this looks amazing too, and also looks very similar to the original there's a lot of like scenes and stuff like that which are you know directly lifted a lot of shots which are directly lifted from the original and I thought that that you know was was really cool so I was going into it with fairly high expectations and um uh were you asking like what how how it how it compares yeah uh, well I think before we hit that, I'll I'll just mention you know I'm I'm somewhere in the middle between you two. You know I've I've seen the original a few times, uh, and the original is great. It's definitely very esoteric, and it's not quite as easy to follow. I would say is what they made this movie. That's for sure. That is definitely um, for sure. And 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 there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But they're also very. They're two very different mediums as well. So, in, in a lot of ways, the the anime and this, um, you know. So, but coming into this, you know, I, I was the same as you, Mike. I like the original. I think it's really interesting. Like you said, there's so much to think about in it, which for me is one of my favorite things. For any any time I watch something, when it keeps the wheels spinning, you know, days later, you know, and you just kind of keep thinking of different parts of it, and you're like. Oh man, you know, I wonder what they were trying to say. You know, all, that kind of stuff is is fantastic to me. So, I was hoping that this one would do the same. So my expectation was, I just hoped that it did a good enough job of conveying enough of the kind of the important themes, 
I wasn't necessarily, though, expecting it to be an exact one-for-one, and I didn't expect it not to maybe do a couple of things that would be different, you know. Uh, One is I I didn't expect it to be as esoteric, uh, for sure. You know, just it... When you're doing a mass uh, film release like this, I don't know if you could, you know, uh, unless you're like Terrence Malick or something. You Does know. he do mass film releases? I think that Ghost in the Shell no, well, had you know a larger Yeah, you know what I mean. Than, you know, uh, yeah, that's freaking, true. Uh, whatever it is, <laughs> song I, to song, I was, whatever. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of anyone else in the in in, you know, other than like him or kind of like David Lynch, where they're just like. They just kind of do whatever it is they want to do, and people keep giving them money to make movies, even though their movies don't always make like tons of return. It's just, you know, people love that kind of thing. And so, but I didn't ex- necessarily expect uh, that with this. So it's hard for anyone, I think, and all of us have seen the original. So it's hard not to compare. How, how, I mean, just kind of as a general overview, how do you feel like the movie did? What do you think, Mike? I, I think it, <laughs> not not speaking visually, but uh, in terms of everything else, I think it pretty much failed on every level. I think that, uh, okay. you know, I mean, it's impossible not to compare it to the original, I guess. And if maybe if the original hadn't existed, I'd be like, oh, that was fine. But like looking at the original, I can't help but but think about like what was going on in the original. And it really feels like they tried to dumb this one down to the point of it being pointless you know i mean there's so many ideas in the original that are really really interesting and make you think about you know like what's i mean what is 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 there such a thing as a soul you know what is it that makes a person a person you know all that stuff and all of that that subtlety and everything is just ripped right away from this movie in order to make it i think like you're saying easily understandable but to the point of where now what you're understanding is something which is meaningless um so that that was was pretty much my my uh overall reaction to it i think it it looked amazing you know, and and I think that some of the action sequences were good. I think that a lot of the other choices were really, really bad. Like, I mean, of course, I mean, something which everyone's talking about, too, is the idea that there are no Japanese people in this movie that takes place in Japan. That's insane. And I, I just, I, I mean... Well, there are yeah, Japanese there's, there's, people there's in Takeshi this movie. Katano, so. There's Takeshi Kitano, yeah. who so. speaks Japanese, even though no one else does. Right. Thank you. What's up with Thank that? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and there, it's like it's like Han and Chewie. <laughs> yeah, what it reminded me more of was um, the uh, the kind of Firefly universe where it seemed like you know Japan became the more dominant power, and you, everybody just speaks Japanese and English. That's like what you that's do, fine. You know, so. you know. I mean, I, and and if they had more characters doing that, I'd be like, oh, that's that's cool. But. I mean, I really honestly think that the, the the way that this went down was basically they were like, uh, Takeshi Kitano is willing to do this movie. Well, we need to jump on that because if you can get Takeshi Kitano to be in your movie, you get K- Takeshi mm-hmm. Kitano to be right. in your movie. And then he's like, I'm not speaking English. And they're like, well, we're not dubbing you. And it's like, okay, well, then we'll just have him speak Japanese. That's cool. Let's just do that then. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I think you're being... Uh, uh, 
a lot harsher than the movie deserves credit for. I don't think that... I think they got him and they have him... To be fair, that was like speak. my favorite part of the movie, I have to say. I And he's an incredible character in the film, too. Uh, you know, I again, I think... I don't... Look, let me put it this way. The original anime director came out and said, one, that he likes this movie. Two... Uh, that he didn't have a problem with any of the casting choices. So, uh, you know, look, it, it, we could argue all day about the, the the things that have been said about this movie, about whitewashing and all that kind of stuff. But if he doesn't have a problem with it, then I don't know why I should have a problem with it. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, he's someone who was adapting someone else's material too, so I don't see why he would be the final say on it. And also, I mean, while you know he may not have a problem with it, there are a lot of people who have a problem with it, and you know, I, I just as as you know, speaking as as a white guy, like I'm not qualified. To, to make that determination, I don't think you're not qualified. I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know. I I, I'm, I, don't, I I don't think that's. Per, I don't think that's perhaps. true. I don't think you're not qualified to not have an per, opinion on something just because you're not. Right. A, it, it, a perhaps. Service. Okay, that's you're true. Not. But I guess what what I'm trying to say is, um, I will defer to people who have had those experiences uh, over over my own judgment in this mm-hmm. case because. I, I'm fully willing to admit that I do not have all of the the data necessary to make that call, you know. But I, I but I do see that it is upsetting a lot of people. And if I were to you know not acknowledge that, I think that that would be you know sort of like ignorant on my part. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and I I see what you're saying. And you know, part of my background is I'm half Korean, so. You know, I I do understand what they're trying, what they're saying. I'm also half Mexican as well, but like, um, yeah, it, it's uh, everyone I know that is Japanese descent or Korean or or even Ch- actually even Chinese uh, descent actually has a huge huge problem um, with this movie. And you know, me personally, I was actually happy that it even came out. I'm actually happy that they did it because. I don't know if you guys remember 20 years ago, maybe about 20 years ago. It's yeah, somewhere around there. Um, there, there, there was lots of talk about Ghost in the Shell, but there wasn't the, uh, they're making an actual movie with someone in it. Um, uh, and for some reason they never got it done probably because of the tech ton, the technology was, wasn't there, but there was also talk of, I don't know if you guys are, um, uh, Starcraft fans, but Starcraft ghost, which was basically the same kind of movie, but, same ideas that they brought up in the in the in the in a video game. They were going to adapt that as well into a movie, but they were juggling between these two movies. And I'm just happy that it even came out because. Um, but I mean, granted, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Mike. There was, I mean, there, it, the the visual effects were fantastic. Don't get me wrong, even though that um, Scarlett Johansson needs to learn how to run. Um, <laughs> I, I think that I, I have a theory about that. I think she was doing that intentionally because she's like, I'm a, yeah, I'm a weird so robot. Too. Yeah. I, Cause it's I, not I, just running. It's even just like walking. It, like she doesn't move her arms, she, but she does that in adventures too. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was like, that's why, that's why I brought it up because I saw, I was like, no, 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 you don't know how to run. Well, no, I did. <laughs> now I noticed that she was hunched over and I could see her trying to be animatronic or, or like an android or something like that to be hunched over or something like that because she did that a lot throughout this movie. And she's got pretty good form when she's walking in Avengers and several other movies as well. 
But like, yeah, it's just, I, I was, I mean, there were some ideas where like, you know, they, they were selling, oh, the, they were selling the title of the movie throughout the whole entire movie quite a bit. Oh, this is your ghost. This is your shell. Like, we get it. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't think they get it, you know, because like. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait, hold okay, on. Right. Hold on. Okay. Before you go there, because we're not there yet, uh, because we're going to okay. talk about all that stuff, which I, one, I, I think you're absolutely wrong, Mike. I think this movie does a very good job of trying to, for what, what is it, like an hour and 45 mm-hmm. minute yep. movie? Uh, so yeah, is it, it, trying to simplify some of what was in the original, especially anime, and then of course the comic, which you, you kind of need to do. And again, the original anime film is it's is very esoteric, and and it's just not going to play well with a major audience. But I don't think this movie makes things stupid for people. I think it asks some very good questions about the idea of technology, about personhood, about identity. I feel like they actually use the idea of identity with the whole idea of what you get with why you cast Scarlett Johansson and the way they twist that. I thought that was really cool because it makes the question of identity even more poignant. Um, and, 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 and it, it digs it home. Like if you steal somebody's lot, not only like, um, memories, but what if you change their, their race? Like what happened? Like what, uh, how, how much have you changed? So all of that, I, th- I thought, I, I just felt like you had a really f- unfair characterization of this film that it's stupid. And I don't think it's stupid. I think it's asking a lot of good questions. They might not be all quite the same or as completely fleshed out as you get in the anime film. But again, I didn't expect that. But I definitely don't come away with this movie not having a ton of incredible things, I think, to think about that are still vitally important in the world in which we live. Um, And especially when it comes to, and we can just dive into it, what I thought of is this technological terror you've created um, and this whole idea of people, quote-unquote, enhancing themselves with technology and kind of turning themselves into what I coined as a Tron Borg, where you're always connected to some kind of network and you have literally made part of yourself uh, a cyborg. And does humanity get lost with each enhancement? You know, like, uh, to me, that was a, I mean, it was a huge question. Um, And I really enjoyed that question because... I don't know if the movie necessarily comes down on completely one side or the other. I think it just makes you come up with the idea yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's fine, you know, and I mean, obviously that's something that, that we're dealing with today. I mean, you know, each one of us has a phone which we keep very close to us at all times, and it is essentially, you know, a form of, of cybernetic enhancement. You know, it's like a, a backup memory that we have or whatever, you know, uh, information, you know, just that we can't store in our brain that we have in our hand just for whenever we need it, you know, that kind of thing. And and I think that that's interesting. I, I don't, I guess, see 
the problem with losing humanity. You know, I mean, like that's I know that that's something which a lot of movies deal with, you know, or or a lot of stories just in general deal with, you know, even the original uh, movie deals with that. And I don't really I don't know. That's something which I'm I'm always like, who cares? You know, if you if you want to take out your eyeballs and put in some, you know, cool X-ray lenses, then you know, go for it. That's not going to make you any less of of a human. And I, that's I, I think that's the question, though, that this movie raises okay. in a lot of different ways. Though, does that make you? Does that start to make you less than human when you replace yourself? Okay, uh, as we see in like Star Wars, Vader is more machine now than yeah. man. That's the whole question. Okay, yeah, yeah. Does, like the whole idea of like mind body spirit connection, is there something to that? And of course, I think if you say that there's only a materialistic world, then your answer is it doesn't matter. But this film specifically, and you know, a, uh, a lot of Asian cultures and a lot of Western cultures believe that there's more to this life than just the material. There's also a spiritual world too and that question of are you harming the very essence of yourself by losing what's natural and what is real for what's artificial i think that that's not a dumb question would it make a difference if it was uh like mechanical versus biological like a new hand that could do more things uh, you know what i mean like you know i mean it doesn't or, or or even new eyes that could actually do x-ray and all that kind of stuff would it make a difference i mean it's kind of like i, I don't want to say imp- I, I, you know I, i'm just gonna say it, uh, i don't really think it actually does it doesn't matter to me that if you change yourself that it changes it changes humanity to me that's moving forward but it de- it depends on what the technology is I mean, if it's something like a uh, biological arm that's better than what your previous arm is, then yes. But if it's mechanical, that's a whole different story. I mean, because like that's basically you're replacing yourself with a machine, and which is what's happening right, exactly. In the and I that's mean, not what I would want. They're replacing them with you know not biological. It's it's all mechanical. I mean, they they're literally turning themselves into these Borg, right. basically. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can honestly say that I have absolutely zero problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I mean, I think that I think that that's okay. But I think that's also the question that the movie's raising. And I also and I think it is an important one because it is all about what is the nature of humanity. And again, I, I lay it before you. I think that the reason you probably wouldn't have necessarily a problem with it, and and where I'm coming from. I do is I don't think that the body is just a materialistic thing. I think the body encompasses the mind, body, and the spirit. All of those things are, and to me, because, you know, I'm a person of faith, I believe that was given to me by God. Uh, So for me to then take parts of myself and replace them with something else, uh, you know, and and we're not talking about like an artificial heart, or something like that, which is saving your life, that kind of thing. You know, I think there's a difference that than, you know, giving yourself hands that can like open up and like type like four trillion words a second, like that girl was doing in the car, you know, uh, next to Olay or those kind of things. Like, um, I don't, I, that's the messiness of what we're talking about. It's not, it's not all cut and dry and it's not black and white. 
but it's a lot of great questions. And um, I thought, too, that the movie itself kind of, even in the design work, seems to reflect kind of a loss of humanity in touch with what's real. Because if you look at everything, it's very stark. It's cold. It's bland. It's it's all so artificial. There's nothing that feels really real in places. Like even in people's homes, there it doesn't feel human anymore. It just feels like a place that machines live now. And it's lost that sense of humanity. I mean, there's there's nothing creative or beautiful or anything. It's just flashy neon and holograms everywhere. And that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like you've lost touch with the outside grandeur of everything else that's not concrete and, you know, fluorescent bulbs. I mean, I, I mean, spe- speaking to that, I mean, I, I think that's kind of my aesthetic. Like, I saw that, and I'm like, I want to live there. But regardless of that, whereas like, I'm like, no, I want to pack up and go to the mountains. Yeah. You know, like I t- that's not I t- me yeah, at all. That's, that's yeah, that's not 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 my not my cup of tea. But re- regardless of that, in terms of the other thing that you're talking about, I think that this is uh, that's what what you're talking about is an example to me of. Um, how the original succeeds where this one fails because it takes it uh, much further than this one does not to the point where like i don't care you know where it's like okay you know replace your eyeballs with some cameras and that's you know that doesn't make any difference to me at all but the original takes it to the point of like so much of her has been replaced that like it's there's a legitimate question. I mean, the, the the question of the movie is like, is she still in there? Whereas with this one, you know, they're like, okay, y- your brain is in this body. You know, your brain is still there. It's just a body. It's just a shell. You know, but in the original, it's like, th- there her brain is even enhanced to the point of like, is it really her anymore, or is it really a robot? And then the other question there. Right, which I think the movie kind of answers, and I, I'm not necessarily sure that the two of us would fall on on the same side of this. Is like, does it matter? And I mean, those questions are yes, they're in this new one, but they are so watered down to the point of not really mattering. Uh, but but that's okay. Again, I'm going to defend this movie because a lot of people will see this that have never seen the original, and I think the questions are still there. I think you're absolutely wrong to say that it waters them down to the where it's it's not even worth at, like asking the question. They're asking the question, and they make that specific point about her because she does her, her first major action sequence. She busts through the window. She shoots that... Uh, companion droid that's been hacking that guy's brain and she looks down at that open face and she and her friend can see it and he's like you're not the same and he's right that it he is but she has the question because so much of her isn't her because the thing about it is is her body, she can't even feel. She doesn't know when she gets hurt. She like so much of what it means to be a human being is gone for her. She can't feel. All she can do is think. And a lot of those senses that are so tied in to humanity and create memory, 
whether it's smell or taste or any of those things, she doesn't have seem to have those anymore. And, and that's and so it's it's like there is so much of her that is missing. And so I, that's not a watered down question. It was a great point in the film for her to to look at that thing and be like, "Am I that? Is that all I am? Am I am I just this weapon?" And the, and that and that's throughout this entire movie. And they answer it at the end because it's a Hollywood movie and they're going to answer the question for you at the end, right? But the reason I don't necessarily agree with what they say at the very end, but we'll get to that. But, but okay, this is why it's, I mean, everything that you're saying is in there and all of that is valid. The reason why I say that it's watered down is because in the original, she's looking down and I mean, they, even more of her is gone to the point of, she doesn't even know what she was to begin with. And I know that they do that here, but it, they do it in a mm-hmm. very manufactured and kind of Hollywood, whatever way. But in the, in the original, it's just like, there's so many small enhancements and everything to the point of like, she has now become what she's looking at. You know, it's like, there is no brain in there or, or it's, it's so enhanced that it's like, okay, it, it literally is a, she a different thing she is like completely separated from what she started off as a biological organism you know what i mean and i think that this movie does the same thing it just doesn't say it to you it shows it to you because when the movie begins they're putting her together and they and when they when they put her brain in her it doesn't look like a human brain it's been enhanced okay so even even what is is quote unquote her doesn't look like the brain that they would pull out of your head or my I, head. I think they and so I think they need, needed to hit the nail on on that head a little harder. Personally, I, no, I don't think so because what you're saying is that the well, movie's the dumbing it down, and what whatever. the movie was making you do was watch it and pay attention and intuit that. And so I, you're criticizing the movie for what it did, what it actually did do, but you missed and you, or you didn't think was good okay. enough. And that's not the movie's fault. That's well, your fault. Is it? Is it my fault? For not getting it? No, I think it okay. is your fault. Well, this That's is what, what I'm, I'm asking. This is, a, this is a philosophical question. Is it my fault for not getting it, or is it the movie's fault for not communicating it well? No, I think the movie, you know what I'm saying is the movie does communicate it, and you missed it, does, and now you're being defensive because you okay. missed it. Okay, I, 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 you could. <laughs> this is a great episode. You could be right. You could be right. I think that there's a, a lot to be said for, you know, people missing points in movies because it's the movie's fault, you know? I mean, I think that's true of the original. I, I think if, if I have a criticism of the original, it's that, you know, there's a lot of really, really dense stuff going on in there, and it doesn't communicate it as well as as it should, you know? Well, and I absolutely, and I 100% agree with you, and, and you know, uh, I think that this, the 602 Club in general, we've done plenty of times where we've talked about how the movie... In fact, I was just talking about Iron Fist with uh, Daniel Pru, and we were talking about how there are some things that happen in there where it's like they never showed you throughout this season why a character made that turn, and that that doesn't that doesn't work. It doesn't, you know. It, you're, you're, so I I can understand what you're saying. I just felt that watching that beginning of how she's put together, I and what they do to her of completely erasing every memory and every aspect of her life to even the point of 
and let's just talk about this because this gets into personhood. Every aspect of who she was as a person is completely gone. You know, even even the race that she was is gone. And they've manufactured a completely new person. Um, and I, to me, that was really fascinating because, you know, asking the question of what makes a person a person and what makes your identity and who you are and, and all of that stuff. I mean, obviously a huge question today with the idea of identity, but I felt like that they um, did a great job in this film of, of asking those questions and making it a little bit more understandable, like than you said, than the original so that it's not so bogged down and hard to find. I don't know. What did you think, Richard? Because it's uh, Mike and I have been arguing, and people are like, "Shut up and let yeah, Richard I'm talk." Sure. <laughs> no, I, I I could see it from both your guys' sides. I really, I mean, see, I mean, that's the problem with with previously made films that were done miraculously by you know by another by by someone else, and you know, coming to a new movie that's you know like in in the day and age of reboots. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, of course we're going to have criticism <laughs> over what was done originally because we thought it was great then and very well could have improved the next time. I don't know. But regardless, um, no, I, under, I understand where Mike's coming from. I, I thought it was uh, watered down quite a bit. And yeah, it was, it's, it was definitely meant for the average moviegoer um, because it's, I mean, I follow through it. It made sense. Uh, it, to me, it was a little bit too obvious. I mean, leave a question or something like that, or or pose a question on the on the viewer. But it's just, it, it's just. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was entertained throughout the whole entire thing, and I was, I. It made me think about those things when I originally watched the movie um, before, you know, ten years ago. Um, and it, it's just, it, it's just brings back those questions of, you know who are we and what makes makes us the person that we are cuz yeah i mean ultimately based on our experiences from our parents and everyone else it that makes us into that person so if you don't have those experiences or at least remember those experiences really you're not that previous person you're you're someone else <laughs> i mean completely different i mean i it, it's just yeah but I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I, I see where, where both of you are coming from. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was overall like, pretty good. <laughs> I didn't think it was – I didn't think it take, took away too much from the original film. But um, it would have been nice to uh, for them to go a little bit deeper than that. Because, I mean, the average moviegoer is not an mm-hmm. idiot. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because I'm the average moviegoer, so <laughs> – See, and this is where, you know, you said that they answer the question, you know, um, and the thing was, is that the, there's an, a lot, there's a line that, um, they say throughout the, a couple of times in the movie and it's repeated at the end that our, our memories aren't what make us, they're not as important. What, what defines us is what we do, which is true, but. I don't think that memories or the importance of the past are unimportant because, like you were saying, Richard, uh, experience means a, a lot, and that's what forms us into who we are. You know, every decision we make creates another step in in the building block of what we're going to be and who we're going to be. 
and uh, the people we knew in the past and what we've been taught and all of those things, everything in our lives forms and combines with those decisions that we make and what we do to create the person that's, as we're all three here talking, um, if you were to take all of that, if you took all of that away from us, then we would cease to be Richard, Matt, and Mike. We would be, like you said, we'd be somebody completely different. And so it was interesting to me that the movie says that it's just what you do, that memories aren't as important, but I, I don't think that's true. No, I totally agree. Because I can tell you this, that, I mean, what was that? I think it was a, there was a study that's saying that you're a completely different person if you were like in the beginning of your 20s to like, let's say your 70s or something like that. You're a completely uh, different person. Uh, or usually, <laughs> I can't really say that you are, but like, you know, it just just based off of my own experiences, yeah, I'm a completely different than um, person than I was back in my early 20s versus to my mid 30s. I mean, it's I mean, granted, that was only 10 years ago, but still, I mean, it's just some of the things that I've experienced. I, I I would never want to take them away because it's it's some there are some things that I I value and, you know, I've you know, translated to my daughter as well, that, you know, experiences are very important, but, you know, in a safe manner, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, I, I totally disagree with that whole entire line that they said that, um, what you do. Yeah, true. It is what you do, but your experiences also define what you do. Right. And I mean, I, that's something too, Dumbledore says to Harry, you know, it's, it's our choices that define us, but those choices, build on other choices that we've made in the past, you know, and, and again, I thought that that was one of the things that made this so fascinating because, you know, again, getting to the fact that, you know, you have Scarlett Johansson play this role and, and Michael Pitt play this role uh, as Kuze. I thought it was a fascinating thing to, if you're really going to destroy everything a person is, take away all of their memories and have them come off, come back to with a different face, you know, uh, and a different race. And like that I thought was another thing that was truly important because how we're raised, the culture with which we're raised, the face that we do have that looks back at us in the mirror, that says a lot about who we're going to be. Right. And the importance of that. And when you strip every, um, you strip away everybody's memories and you strip away what they look like and you bring them back as somebody else, yeah, you have a completely different person. And I thought that they used that to their utmost advantage to really dig home this idea of, and at least just be asking the questions of what makes a person a person. I mean, that's a, a, a perfectly valid in-universe justification for it. And, you know, the the movie is the movie, you know, and whatever is outside of the movie is essentially irrelevant. And, and uh, you can you can make that point. And, you know, that's cool. It's a, it's a good point. But I honestly believe that that was not their determining factor in terms of casting. And <laughs> no, 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 I I'm not arguing okay. that I'm saying that it ended up working well for the the, the question of that that the original anime film asks about personhood and identity and all that kind of stuff. It was another layer here that they added, which, I mean, again, 
we're dealing with this in our culture today, this idea of personhood and identity. And I mean, we legitimately, there's a person who says that they identify as a race that they're not out there in the public. Like, how do we deal with that? Is, you know, like, is that, can you do that? Huh, that's interesting. And and so, like, <laughs> I, I, I think it's an actual, that's the thing that what, what made this, benefit the film i thought in the end was it it's an actual question that we're facing you know what i'm does that make sense no like, i mean yeah what you're saying makes sense you know i, I mean I, I see how how you know that could be an interesting point that they're making and everything you know it, but i think it's also like a, as you're watching the movie i think it is distracting that there's so many <laughs> white people in particular in in in, in this movie in japan you know I mean, it's really, really weird, and it's it's uh it's definitely it took me out of the movie for sure, you know. So uh, while while I I agree that that what you're saying works in the story and 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 makes sense and you know could be used to their benefit for sure, I think there's a lot of stuff in there which um, maybe uh, works against it, you know. Other factors, other you know external factors. You know what I mean? There's a really great question that Beto raises uh, because they're talking about this idea of like, uh, would they capture the guy who's run away from them with the great, you know, action sequence that we've all seen on, you can see it online uh, with, without you see the movie where she's beating him up in the, that mm. water area with all these buildings around. And um, that Kuze has erased his memory and supplanted it with something else. And he says, you know, fantasy, reality, dreams, memory, is there really any difference? And that struck me, like, in a uni- if you live in a universe and you believe in a universe that doesn't really have any meaning in the end, that's a great question because it really doesn't, right? I mean, like, if you believe a lie or a dream or a fantasy or reality, a memory, what? I, it Does it... If it doesn't really matter in the end, does it really matter as long as you're o- like end up being okay with it? You know, like if if you're happy to live in a fantasy or whatever, cool. You know, that's whatever. I mean, it's it's your deal, man. I mean, that's the question of the Matrix, right? And I mean, it's it's a very interesting philosophical yeah. question. And you know, I think you know the the thing which which one could argue and and which I probably would argue is that the only thing that we know to be true is what we as far as our reality is concerned is whatever we perceive our reality to be so what is real and what's not real is essentially meaningless to us and you know it 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 really does get into like i mean and that's that's the question of the first movie i think like does it matter if you are the that original person or if you are a complete robot, you know, you're still a person, you know, you're still a sentient being. And, you know, that's, that's what I think, what I was talking about, like the thing being watered down and everything. I mean, that's like a point which I think is like definitely missing in, in, in this new one. But as far as that question is concerned, yeah, it's the age old question. And, you know, no, I, I don't think it's missing. It's, I think the question is there because uh, look, uh, if if everything that you just said is true, then why is what happened to her wrong and what gives her dignity? 
so that it was bad for that to happen to her in the first place. Because if it's meaningless, who cares? Oh, I don't think there's I don't think there's a case of who who cares. You know, I mean, like I have a friend who, you know, believes in this philosophy. And because of that, like he absolutely refuses and finds it almost like morally objectionable to take like mind altering substances because you're essentially messing with your reality, you know? And if you do that, you know, your your reality is essentially ceasing to exist, right? So that question still does matter because, you know, just because... Well, it might matter to you personally, but in the long run, if you and everything is meaningless, it doesn't really matter. That's what I'm saying. That's the end result of that belief system. I mean, I, so, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Therefore, it, I mean, why, 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 why is that? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Because that's the end result of that belief system. If everything is meaningless, nothing matters. No. then no, it's not. Not everything's not meaningless, and it's not that anything matters. What matters is what you believe to be reality, and what's meaningless. Okay, is so but you believe that, but is, what, is if, what if somebody else doesn't believe that? Because in the movie, we get, you know, um, Honka taking their aims for people and using them for their purposes because it's good for them. Like, you know, see what I'm saying? Like, you get into this whole mixture of, like, how do you determine, again, this comes down to human worth and dignity and how we define that. And how? Why should we respect people? Because, because uh, in that person's reality, these other people really exist, and they are a part of that reality. And as someone, you know, with with moral standards, you don't harm others. You know, which you just you just got me to the question is, who makes up the morals and why? I think I, mean, I think people, generally speaking, you know, come come to them, you know, on their own or through teachings or whatever, but. I okay. mean, if if you're trying to say that there's like a, a god who says this is right and this is wrong, I say that's ridiculous in the sense that people without a, a spiritual, you know, construct can de- can determine that. I I totally do not believe that there is any external force, and yet I know the difference between right and wrong. You know, I figured that out on my own. You know what I mean? Well, I hear what you're saying. Well, I I. I would say that you're holding to and anyway. That's no, no, a that's I, a very go, go for it. Let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah, okay. I would say that you're holding to a morality that you can't have because the only morality that you can hold to your belief system leads you to that everything is meaningless and therefore that's not true. if everything no, yes, everything is meaningless in the end because you know what? You don't have a soul. Nothing you do matters. When you die, you would only be dead. Everybody will just be dead. And so when everybody dies and nothing matters and there's nothing left, who cares? So whether you treated me well or whether I treated you well, in the end, nobody will care because you'll be dead and I'll be dead and it won't matter. So if all I have is here and now, then the law of natural selection says, F you, I want to be happy. I want to do what's best for me. I don't care about what's best for you because it doesn't matter to me because I am all that matters. Okay. And nothing matters in the end. I mean, so my point is, is that's kind of where okay. 
this this whole question kind there, of there, wanted to like go here. led me to because there's like I, oh, oh, this, oh yeah, this oh, yeah. I, totally I, left me in that, I, that I'm per- like, like how do you determine okay. like if you if fantasy dreams reality memory if none of it all makes a difference then what makes a difference? Well, what, what makes a difference is, you know, sort of like what I'm saying is as far as a person is concerned, right, their perception of reality, whether it's real or not, I mean, there's no way for us to, to determine that. There's literally no reason for us to determine that. But. Okay. I, I don't know if that's that's true because, it, again, if you say that, then if there's no reason to determine that, then if, if my reality says F your reality, it doesn't matter. Okay, that's not. Uh... No, no, that that's your. I, what I'm saying is, it's completely an inconsistent worldview, my friend. And if you have the worldview that you have, I can shoot you in the head. It doesn't matter in the end. No, it it does matter in the end because Why? because you know you're you're still someone <laughs> in, in your reality. In your reality, I'm assuming. In my reality, I'm a your who, reality. Who my point. It doesn't matter in the end. Okay, I don't. What's so what's if the it end? Doesn't matter what in, is the end? It, it, it when when we're both dead. That's all. That's the, all that matters all is we when got. we're both dead. Because what about everyone no, no, else? I'm saying what happens when it doesn't if, matter if I because they're going to die too. I, I mean, the, every if everybody's going to die, and and it's not going if it's not going to matter. My point is, if it doesn't matter. Well, what's the and all that matters is what I have here and now while I am alive. But you don't think that because that's all I got. You don't think that what matters here and now matters, or what what exists here and now matters? Not if it doesn't matter later on after I'm. But dead. why wouldn't it matter later on after you're dead? I mean, hopefully because it won't. Uh, hopefully, because I won't be a uh, because there won't be any. There's hopefully no you, impact you will, on me. You will you will leave there's an impact. No impact on hopefully me. long after you're dead. There will be someone who's like. I just watched Ghost in the Shell on Netflix, and now I want to see what Matt <laughs> Rushing has to say about it. Okay? I just argue with Matt. <laughs> and that, and that, has, that has nothing to do with whether or not you, know, you killed me, right? Okay. Well, the, my, my point is, is though, in the, in the long scheme of things, okay. if there's nothing beyond the material existence, nothing will matter in the end when it all comes to an end. When the galaxy explodes and everything is gone... It won't mean anything. I guess so, but so, in, in the in the uh, no 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 hold okay. on hold on, you can't say that. You can't you can't you can't disregard what I'm saying here. I, I, I'm not disregarding because, it. Okay, so if if that's the end result of it all, and all I have is what I have here and now, and that's all I'll ever experience, then I should have then I should get as much of everything as I possibly can because that's all I got. Is that really and that's all, all you got? Because that's like, all I mean, has. what what is it that you get out of that? Because I personally get more. I, I out get of, life, man. I, I mean, you. I, I I and whatever life that I want. And ha- who are you to say that it's bad? And again, this is the question that it came down to me here because he asks the question specifically: fantasy, dreams, reality, memory. Does it make any difference, really? And. That's a huge question. I think it makes a big difference. It, it, well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of... But I think it makes a big difference because it, what I do will have eternal impact, not only here, but in the life to come. Okay, but there's, there's, there's a lot of, of, of stuff going on there because there's the, does it make any difference to you? Or does it make any difference to the world? You know what I mean? And like in my reality, in my personal reality... 
there is a world with people on it. And as someone right. who has, you know, a sense of morality, I do not want to harm those other people because it's kind of a, you know, a, a dick thing to do. And, you know, right. I, mean, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but that's the way you choose to live. But your morality and, and whatever can't tell me what to do with my life and my reality. No, it can't, it can't tell you what to do with your life and your reality. But if but if your morality is is causing harm to others... <laughs> <laughs> then you know I I have the right to to not uh, like that, you know what I mean? Which which again, it, this is the question that we come to, and I loved about this movie, this whole argument that we're having in this great discussion. It all comes down to these ideas of like human dignity, worth, uh, how we define that, how we get to that, and what I did like about this movie is that. Olay, in the end, helps Major, and that's because she sees her as still a human being. She sees her through another lens as um, the guy says, oh, the human heart, and then he shoots her in the heart. Um, And it's that thing, that ineffable quality that goes beyond biology to something more, like what they talk about here, the soul, that creates a fully alive human being that does have feelings for other people, cares about other people more than just themselves, all of that stuff. And I love that that was the answer because otherwise I think the answer is what Honka Industries is doing to major and other people like her just doesn't, you know, like there's something beyond that allows us to see people as more than just other apes that have evolved. So you see what I'm saying? Like, and this movie kind of deals within those on the periphery and it just created a lot of those great questions. And I, again, I don't, I don't think this movie is dumbing it down that much because we just had a 30 minute argument about personhood and that's i i understand what you're saying but at the same time wouldn't it have been more interesting if maybe she was entirely robotic and olay came to the same conclusion because she realized that despite the fact that she's no longer human she's still a sentient being well and that's what they talk about in this film is that ai can't be truly sentient and that's that's what these this universe has come yeah, to, which I think is is fine. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I think I, that's kind of a cop out. I, I and I honestly, I honestly <laughs> and truly believe this with my heart. AI will never be sentient. So okay. uh, the singularity that, is coming for I, you, Matt. Better watch out. I, I, good good luck with it. Uh, so no, I. Gosh, this has been an incredible show already. We've had the the most uh, massive discussions about and we just talked about life the universe and everything uh (laughs) (laughs) pretty much one of the things that uh interested me about the movie was and this is something that again was is very relevant today corporations and governments and when the line is relatively thin between those two and the inherent danger that comes along with that and i really you know i just i thought that even maybe more so than when the anime movie came out, that's even more important now. And I really, I liked that aspect of this film and, and, and them dealing with that idea because 
I mean, I'm, I don't like the idea of massive corporations being behind everything and running everything, you know, it, and, and I think we see the absolute danger of that here in the movie. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's kind of a um, <laughs> scary situation in and of itself. I mean, I mean, we even see it now with the with major companies like, uh, I hate to say it, Apple, <laughs> even though I have a Mac right here and an iPhone right here. <laughs> but at the same time, the convenience of technology and um, having that information taking, it, it, it's, it, it even scares me. Like some of the things that um, Jennifer uh, comes up on her phone all of a sudden, it's like, how would they know that? You know, it's like, okay, why would you know that I've been here before sort of thing? And it's like, it's, it's a scary. Well, and, and that was the, that was the interesting thing of, you know, watching those ties between the gutter and, you know, especially with Cutter as he's really coming at uh, the chief and, you know, threatening him because he thinks he has all of this power, all of this leverage and talking about how Honka Industries, you know, uh, and its survival is key to this government, you know, and like how scary that that idea is. And uh, again, I just think it's a it's a good thing to be to have that reminder. And I think this movie, you know, does that well. I want to talk. We've we've got the cast here, and I just wanted to say that uh, I liked the way that Scarlett Johansson plays the role. We you guys were talking about her movement earlier. We were uh, before we had. Uh, basically a Metatrex yeah, episode. Yeah. So I was about um, <laughs> to say is like welcome to Metatrex. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe we we should have had those guys on. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but I thought she did a really good job of portraying a person that isn't necessarily it is not in a human body. You know the way that she walked, the way that she moved, all of that. It didn't feel human. It felt robotic. And I, I really thought that she did a very good job with that and per- made that character come alive because you were kind of like, that looks weird. Why are you moving like that, you know? And then you kind of put it together that she's trying to give life to a body that's not organic. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think she, like I said, the running thing is not, a, is not an excuse because <laughs> I've seen it before, but uh, yeah, it, yeah, she definitely plays. One of the things that really bothered me about that um, about the movie was the cam- camera angles. I know she's five foot two, but it makes it look like she's five eleven or six two or whatever the rest of everyone else is. I think yeah, that's the point. It's like, it, it really <laughs> did bother me because there was a couple things where she was standing next to something, and I was like, I know that dude over there is not is not that short. <laughs> but I mean, otherwise, yeah, she did. I, don't get me wrong. She did. Re- I mean, it, there were some things that that were a little bit fake, I guess you can call it. But I mean, for the most part, she did really well. I was impressed on how well she was trying to do. Uh, you know, be an android or a robot or whatever you want to call it, cyborg. Yeah, I, 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 it, it was. It was. It was an interesting choice. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it was come on Mike come on Mike let's hear it <laughs> uh, it was an interesting choice I was like that's really weird okay I guess she's actually trying to do that it's a thing I you know yeah I, I, I didn't you think she was watching that. data <laughs> no I don't I, don't, I think, I think data's getting, movements were getting, much more she's natural. just called up Brent Spiner hey how did you play data I just okay okay that helps thanks um 
I also really liked, I loved uh, the chief. I mean, he was such a great character in this movie. And the the moment when he pulls out his mm. old six-shooter and takes those guys down and talks about, you know, don't send a rabbit uh, after a fox, I was like, oh, yes, this dude is awesome. He is actually one of my favorite characters and those in the movie. Are, well, he, yeah, he's... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say is like, and th- that was one big caliber gun because th- for something to go through a ballistic uh, mass like that, wow. <laughs> but I absolutely, yeah, I agree. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he that was definitely the best part of the movie, and a lot of that is because of Katano, and he totally sells that. I mean, that guy is amazing. I will watch anything that he is in, and I will watch any movie that he directs because he's one of the best out there for sure. Well, and I, I also felt the same. I haven't seen her in something, I feel like, in a while, but I thought, like, Juliette Binoche was really good as Dr. Olay, and the interaction that she had with Scarlett Johansson, Major, and everything, I really enjoyed that, especially as I you watched her progression of kind of, like, having the internal moral struggle of what she's done to this person, you know? Uh, and then what she ends up doing is, you know, sacrificing basically her life for Major. I, I just, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a nice character arc, especially by the end where she's pretty much begging for her life, you know, um, for Major's life, not her own, but for Major's life. I thought it worked really well for me in the story, and, and I thought she played it really well um, because it wasn't boisterous or anything. It's just kind of an understated and. She was great. Yeah, she was she's great. on par for me. Uh, um, what she, when I norm, when I, when whenever I normally see her, yeah, she's on par for me. This movie, as we kind of look towards wrapping up, it has a ton of action sequences in it. Which one for you stood out the most? What do you think, Richard? Oh, which one? When uh, uh, if you were to ask me, like, what I think is the best action sequence in the movie, I guess it would be the one with Katano. I mean, I guess, I mean, there's, there's the action sequences are, are, are the, the thing that this movie does really well. And, um, a, a lot of them are, you know, very similar to, you know, sequences in, in the original movie. And I think it's interesting to kind of see that in, in live action. And I think that they really pulled that off, uh, uh pretty successfully. Um, you know, I, they're, they're all good. They're all good. It, but I, I mean, I'm going to go with Katano. I'm always going to go with Katano. You know, it's just my general rule in life. Always go with Katano. I, yeah, I, I'll agree with Mike. There was a lot of, there, a, I, there's really not one scene that I really particularly liked out of all of them because they were all pretty good, uh, pretty good. But if I had to point it down, it would be the club. Uh, when they're in the club uh, and it's all the shooting and everything. <laughs> And funny enough, it's not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Actually, for me, it's that club scene, but it's her in that little tiny room beating up those dudes when she's handcuffed to the pole. Uh, I thought that scene was really cool. Uh, it just I, I, I love when they're able to do a really interesting action sequence in a very small space. And the you know, stunt person, really. It's not Scarlett Johansson. But the stunt person is having to to create some incredible moves to move in that space to be able to do what they need to do to take the people out. And the way that they use the symmetry of the room, the circular room, you know, she kind of runs around and, like, is the gun is trying to... The guy's trying to shoot her and he keeps missing her and everything. And 
I, I just I really liked that scene. I thought it was very cool. Um, and honestly, I think both of you are right on. All the action sequences in this movie are pretty awesome. Uh, they do a great job, and like you said, Mike, bringing to life some of the most iconic things that you do see from the anime film was wonderful. I have to say, seeing it in 3D was really cool for that. When you you kind of get the depth feel, I thought, for the city. I, I thought, that, and I also really liked that seeing it in IMAX, it actually was IMAX format. So it, it was one of the few movies I've seen recently that has actually filmed in IMAX format. So I, I enjoyed the fact that they used the entire, I mean, they used the whole screen, you know? Um, I'll give you that when it comes, I'll give you that when it that. comes to like using the entire screen for, cause I, we, we also saw it in 3d IMAX as well. And, you know, besides looking at the scenery and, uh, you know, the overview of the city and maybe a few shots here and there, I, I mean, I, I compare a lot of 3d movies with avatar and avatar was through the roof for me, uh, when it came to 3d, that is. Uh, but like this one was, uh, it could have done better or at least to me, it could have. Yeah. To me, if it did. Yeah. I saw it, I saw it in 2d and it was great. I saw it with Dolby Atmos, which was great. The sound was fantastic. Um, and I, I just, I enjoyed the 3d. I liked the dimensionality that it gave the film and it, and it felt like it worked. And again, you know, when you go to an IMAX movie and it actually fills up the entire IMAX screen, you know, you just feel joy. You're like, hey, they actually used IMAX well, it's not, for it, this. That's it's great. not actually IMAX. It's just the, the 185 ratio, which any movie that wants to could do it. And I honestly don't understand why more movies don't do it, especially now that a lot of theaters are going the IMAX route and not yeah. using um, masking on the screens anymore. So mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. it's letterboxed in you know theaters, and I'm and the, most screens are that shape because of stadium seating. Um, yep, yep theaters absolutely. are taller than they used to be, and I'm I'm very surprised that more filmmakers haven't gone that route. It really seems to be skewing in the opposite direction because it's a lot easier to shoot in 2.39 now than it was uh, back in the day. But you're essentially almost always going to be letterboxed and that's a very bizarre choice that people make mm-hmm. so yeah uh, it's, it's no i absolutely agree with you because you know you uh i i enjoy the imax screen that we have near us it's a good presentation it's a nice theater and so i'll pay to see the movie in imax even if you know it's not a film that's filmed in that format but you know when you go to a theater i mean let's be honest except for the new transformers Final Night or whatever that's called. If I see it to see that trailer one more time, I'm going to want to put that sword <laughs> through my head because, wow, that movie looks awful. And yes, I know it's filmed the in IMAX, night. but I won't care at that point. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I guess yeah. Let's uh, let's rate this this sucker. Um, what do you think? What, what where would you go with this one, uh, Richard? I'm gonna put it about seven, seven out of ten. Yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah. It could, yeah, yeah it could, yeah, it rating. was good, good but it could have done, it, it could have done a lot better. What about you, Mike? Out of ten, um, I'm I'm gonna put it at four, four out of ten. Okay, actually, Richard, I think I'm right there with you. I I'd probably go seven and a half out of ten. Um, I do feel like that, uh, you know, with any movie, you could do better. I I personally just really enjoyed the thematic elements, as as Mike and I demonstrated the the discussions that you can have from this movie. And I think to me, 
the fact that we had all of those discussions lend itself that the movie wasn't as watered down as maybe you guys said. Yes, is it a more condensed version than the anime film? Yes, obviously, definitely. And I expected that. So, but I still think the movie resonates and asks some very important questions that this world is still dealing with in a way that's even beyond what it was when the anime film came out in the first place. You know, the questions have only been enhanced, just like the characters in the film. And I think that that makes the movie relevant. I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's frustrating that uh, not more people saw it. You know, I think it's a good movie. It's worth seeing. Um, you know, Richard, I think you made a great point. Uh, this is a movie that could have done better uh, with certain casting and, uh, you know, you being somebody who's okay, yeah. half Mexican right. and half Korean, <laughs> I, you I, know, I, I, I don't personally have a problem with it. It's just, it's uh, me personally. I, it's not a big deal to me. I mean, if, if this wasn't, if this was a film done in Japan, I guarantee you there'd probably be Jap- uh, Japanese actors and everything and whatnot. And it'd be a blockbuster, whatever, but this is America and, you know, we're, used to seeing that anyway so you know i i I, to me it's not a big deal i i understand that a lot of people that of my own race would or ethnicity uh or whatever you want to call it um uh, that you know it's it's a big deal i don't see it i really don't because you know it's a movie i mean i could ignore all that and that's probably not what everybody wants me to say but it's just it's just a movie to me i mean it's not it's not something that's going to be imprinted uh, uh, on. I mean, it's not. It's it's just a movie. That's all it is, you know. And it's 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 telling a great story that has been an anime film, comic book story. I mean, it's just like anything else that's coming out with Marvel comics and everything. Everyone loves that, but no one cares about if it was whitewashed or anything like that because it's the comic book. Well, they do with Marvel. Well, <laughs> with Marvel, there's been some yeah. uh, rather uh, harsh criticism on a couple of occasions well, in the past right. few Right, and months. especially recently, too. And, you know, especially with the, the diversity of the comic books, saying that they don't, that the readers don't want diversity. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a that's a big can of yeah, worms. Exactly. That we but could I, I mean, I don't want to go into it. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I look, I appreciate that you feel comfortable, obviously, with sharing your opinion and how you feel personally, and under and saying too that you understand from the other side. Would the movie have been different if she had been Japanese? I don't know because, as we talked about, th- there is some great ways in which um, they use that to their advantage but look I think it's important for us as um, a society and everything to look at all aspects and um, to make the best movie that we can and casting is important and so we need to take a closer look at that and be sensitive and to to other people um and and stories that might they might find important, uh, and and this is definitely one of those. This is a huge story, you know, um, in Japan. I, and I thought it was very interesting, the reaction from people that were in Japan as opposed to people that aren't, uh, and that they didn't necessarily see 
what the hullabaloo was about, um, which was interesting to me. So again, it just puts it all in a mix and it's a crazy world we live in, you know, nothing is simple. <laughs> that is for sure. And even, even making movies. And so, I, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this one. Um, you know, it was a lively debate that Mike and I had, uh, Richard, uh, was enjoying this. I wish you could have seen the video. He just sat back and listened for so much of it. But I think that's what makes for this show being fun and being able to have those different opinions and being able to talk about them and be respectful at it. Like, I love Mike. Mike loves me, I think. And we both respect each other and in their opinion. And, uh, and and we come away with it, friends, and having had a great conversation and hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the fact that uh, Ken Tripp and Davis Grayson have continued to be supporters of the network and the 602 Club as associate producers through Patreon. This is a huge network, and we put out a show almost every day. And there's no way, Richard, you're the production manager. You know what it's like. Uh, you've got a show to, to make sure that it gets produced every every day. And so uh, there's so much going on here. We need your help. So go to patreon.com slash trekfm and you can see how you can become part of our team and make sure that all the shows that we have coming to you each and every week come back to you each and every week. So again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm. Now, Richard, uh, you have really been getting your feet wet with this podcasting thing, and I'm so excited for you, buddy. Let everybody know where they can find you online and, uh, you know, maybe what you're doing here on the network. Well, uh, everyone can find me on Facebook. I uh, pop in here and there in the Babel Conference during a little trouble, but I'm no longer on Twitter anymore. Uh, I deactivated it because of some drama, and then they Twitter deleted it, so... Yeah, it's gone now, <laughs> so it's no longer X Ransom. I'll eventually figure out a way to bring it back, so we'll see. But uh, everyone can also listen to us, uh, listen to me on Earl Grey. I'm there with Amy Nelson and Lee Hutchinson, and we talk about everything about the next generation, and we have a great time talking about it. So tune in. And Mike, you're all over the place. I mean, you're like a podcasting man about town. So. <laughs> just you're you're just everywhere. So, where can people find you, and what are you doing these days in podcasting? I like to podcast around. Um, no, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm. You can you can find me on uh, thenerdparty.com doing Great Shot Kid, where we talk about the people who make Star Wars, and you can find me on talkfilmsociety.com, where I do a show called Soderbergh Twenty Eight Twenty Eight, where we look at uh, every single movie in Steven Soderbergh's career. And uh, you can also find me on my website, CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do Commentary Track Stars, where um, it's it's basically like this show. It's like the 602 Club, only with way more profanity. And then you can find me right here on Trek.fm uh, doing um, Stage 9, where we talk about the people who make Star Trek. And you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. Awesome. Man, thank you so much, guys. This was, I think, uh, hopefully people will enjoy the show and, and really get into all the philosophical debates we've had. Uh, and uh, maybe we've just given Metatrex guys some ideas. So <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. I'm also on Instagram at MRushing. You can find me here in the network doing the orb with Chris Jones. We're crossing our fingers that we'll be back soon. So stay with us. Stay tuned. I. Uh, and we'll let you know as soon as we're back. 
Uh, you can find the Star Wars 602 Club collection, too. Uh, that's on iTunes as well, along with the 602 Club. Uh, we're doing the review contest for that. I'd love to give away a couple of copies to Rogue One to people who review us and rate us for the Star Wars 602 collection, so make sure you get those in. Uh, you can find me on the Nerd Party Network. I'm doing aggressive negotiations with a guy that Mike is very familiar with, John Mills. Uh, he's fantastic. We're talking Star Wars each and every week. You don't want to miss it. It's a wonderful show. And then you can find me on Owl Post, the Harry Potter podcast with Drea Kaufman as we talk through each and every chapter of Harry Potter. We are almost done with the first book. We're so excited. It's a wonderful show. I hope you will check it out. Again, all of those are on iTunes. And thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? Ah!